Welcome back. So our first question, in Luke 1, 6, Zechariah was said to be righteous, and in verse 12, he was afraid of the appearance of the angel. I thought after becoming righteous, fear is out of the heart. So what the fear of condemnation, of the guilt and shame, the fear of sin and eternal loss, that's gone when we become righteous. But we're still living in human bodies that have startle responses. And something quite extraordinary can still startle us and frighten us until we process what's actually happening, which happened to the angels that do not be afraid. And, and it went, went away. So you're just seeing a startle response there that's still happening because we're still living in these human bodies. But he didn't have that terror dread of, of the fear of sin that was driving him to be self-centered. Where, do you, where would you direct someone today who believes in and loves Jesus, who feels they wish to be baptized, but they are not reconcilable in joining a imposed law, church, or fellowship? So I hear two questions here. Where would I direct them to be baptized and where would I direct them to fellowship? So first off, I would recommend they be baptized by anyone who is a believer in Jesus Christ. You don't find any specific criteria in, in New Testament for who can baptize whom. Anybody who was a disciple of Jesus, his disciples, his followers were going out and baptizing. He told us, go out and baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So in my view, anybody can baptize anybody in the name of Jesus if, they're, if they've given their heart to them. So if you uh, somebody wants this, find another fellow believer and have a baptismal ceremony and baptize them into Jesus. Then do your own search. I know that I have visited many fellowships and met many people and asked many questions to find a, a fellowship where people had a reasonable, loving approach to the truth about God. Uh, and there's a lot out there that aren't, but that requires you to investigate or to maybe even become an own evangelist where you go and start sharing this perspective in a fellowship that may not have heard it yet, but would be eager to hear it. So. Is there a difference between in Christ and through Christ? There certainly can be, but words have meaning. So it depends on how people define it. In Christ is usually meant to mean in relationship, in love, trust, fellowship. I, I'm in union with. That's what in Christ usually means. Through Christ could mean through my union with Christ, through my fellowship with Christ. So sometimes people use through to mean the same thing as in. That's what they mean when they say this. You have to clarify that. But through could also mean something different than in union with. It could be through the achievements of, through the merits of, through the, through the works of, through what Christ has accomplished for me. I experience in him, I experience through him um, in my union with him. So they could have subtle differences. Please help me understand Deuteronomy 21, 18 through 21 from a design law perspective. This is the passage in which instruction is given to stone to death the stubborn and rebellious child. To my modern ears, this sounds horrific. Yeah, I'm, I'm really glad to put that last phrase in there, to my modern ears. That's correct. Remember, your modern society is not where this instruction was given. Um, um, if you take some time and do a little research in the various lexicons and various uh, Bible commentaries and historical documents, you will find that the Jewish scholars understand that this text applies to the hardened, antisocial criminal who is not open for repentance. Basically, what you might call a serial killer type person today, these types of individuals were, were how it's understood that God is designating. If you have these rebellious individuals without a conscience 
who are not um, amenable to social conformity and to get along with others who are s simply a pariah, uh, uh, where, where they're predators in society, then take them out before the elders, present them to the elders, and then the elders stone them to, uh, and, and, and then the group stone. This is a public execution, not a murder of somebody, a criminal who would be destructive to the entire community. That's what's happening here. Why they do it publicly to, to, for a variety of reasons. One, they're a, they are the children of Israel wandering in the wilderness when this is given. They don't have a society like ours where they can actually put them in a prison and keep them away from society. There was no housing that they could do for these people. They either got rid of them or they let them continue to exploit the rest and abuse everybody else. And so this was a intervention for the purpose of protecting the innocent from the abuse of the hardened evil is what I see happening here. Uh, several other elements. This was the first death experience for the one being stoned. He will rise again sec uh, uh, in, in one of two resurrections. Uh, other element, uh, this um, stoning was for the redemption of the citizenry who saw this and would take lessons from it. And it was also for the people doing the stoning for them to have a sense of, well, let's put it this way. It's easier for you to sit on a jury and condemn somebody and then go home and have somebody else kill them than it is for you to condemn them and for you to pick up stones to kill them. And so this stoning by the people who condemned them was to make sure that you had a sense of conviction that there was no other solution. Do you follow what I'm saying? Yeah, so those are the reasons why. Mark 134 says, so Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases and he cast out many demons, but because the demons knew who he was, he did not allow them to speak. Why would the demons not be allowed to speak? Why are they being silenced? Isn't that Satan's method? Uh, actually, no. And if you look earlier, um, in the same chapter of Mark chapter one, go back, I think verse 25 or somewhere around there, uh, he cast out a demon. And before he cast out the demon, the demon says, we know who you are, Holy One of God. And Jesus says, silence, boom. Okay, so, so this process is going on. Why is that? Because Jesus is here for a purpose. He's here for a mission. What's his mission? Did Jesus come for the mission of declaring with proclamations that he was the Messiah for people to believe based on word of authority. No. 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 He came to demonstrate by action and deed and win people to the truth because it was true. The demons were seeking to undermine that with proclamations and declarations, uh, and Jesus silenced them because he did not want that. He wanted, he wanted to actually give evidence through his life lived out of his methods and principles uh, which are a much more solid basis for our faith than simply proclamations and claims. Additionally, in the political climate, the demons wanted to stir up a, a fanfare. They wanted the people to think this was the coming Messiah. Remember, in Jesus' day, Messiahs were popping up all the time. Barabbas was a, a, a claim to be a Messiah. There were con constantly Messiahs popping up to deliver Israel from their oppression. And so they wanted to have him labeled the false Messiah by declaring him as Messiah and that the people would attach to him meanings that were not true. He didn't want that as well. So this was Jesus um, stopping 
false representations about him in the context of what was happening so truth could be seen. And of course, that's always God's way to reveal the truth. Should we take biblical lessons from a trans person or someone who is acting immoral, etc.? Should we let them be church leaders? Where do you draw the line since we can't judge the heart? So I don't actually take any positions about church bureaucracy and church offices and stuff because that's a, that's a bureaucratic question. Uh, that's an administrative question. That's an institutional question. And much of, the, much of the institutions about the church have very little to do with the gospel ministry. So you ask whatever institution you belong to, whether that's something they wanna do, and they'll tell you their rules and their justifications for it. But the other question is more interesting. Should we take Bible lessons from people that are living this lie? And I would say, why would you? Why would you take Bible lessons from somebody who is actively doing things that are contrary to scripture? They're telling you that their lens for understanding reality is warped. That's what they're telling you. They don't actually comprehend design principles that are living in some violation of what you understand to be the principles of God. So why would you listen to that? And any more than why would you take uh, in the in the day? Why would you go to a pulmonologist who smokes two packs a day? And then doctors used to do that, but that showed their ignorance at the time. But now, why would you go to one you know how harmful it is? Why would you go to a doctor who smokes two packs a day? That's that's what's being said here. So no, I personally wouldn't wouldn't. Uh, allow somebody who is actively pursuing a destructive lifestyle, not somebody who's struggling and you see they're on a journey for recovery and the Holy Spirit's leading it, they actually might have a truth or an insight of scripture that I'd be happy to hear and, and evaluate. He read to, uh, the book by Ty Gibson, Seeing with New Eyes, or See with New Eyes. It appears that you are both in the same page in your beliefs and teachings about the truth of God's character. Thank you for making the gospel a whole new experience. Yes, I've read that book. It's a great book. I love it. I recommend that book, and I'd encourage you to read it. And he uh, has exactly many of the same insights that we teach written in that book. So that's great. Uh, Dr. Jennings, thank you so much for your ministry. It has helped me have a closer walk with our God. I was wondering if you could do a blog sometime on the chapters of the book of Daniel. Yeah, that's a great idea. I don't know if I'll get there. I have so many blog ideas I'm working on, but uh, yeah, that's a good idea. I need to need to rethink that. There's a person here who puts a quote, somebody named Ian Bounds, The Weapons of Prayer. I'm not going to read the quote. Um, there was no question attached, but thank you for sharing the quote. I, I appreciated reading it. Thank you. A persevering prayer always wins about God changing his purpose in destroying Israel when Moses prayed. So I'm going to answer that question about that. No, I don't believe God changed his purpose at all. God never intended to destroy Israel. Well, he said to Moses he would. Yeah, but you have to look at the larger context. Angels are watching this whole thing. Look at the book of Job when Satan goes to and fro on earth, to and fro from roaming on the earth and making these accusations. What I see happening in the mountain is God just delivered the people from Egypt, the 10 plagues. He just uh, did all these miraculous signs and wonders. And 40 days later, they're worshiping a golden calf. Satan is, is having capital and having going, see, God's ways don't work. Yeah, he can use his power to destroy, but they prefer me. They prefer my ways. His ways don't have any loyal people following him anyway. And even Moses, even Moses, he's a murderer. He murdered that overseer. This is what Satan's making capital. And God says to the angels, watch this, guys. I'm telling you, my ways work. If, if, if you give my ways time, they always work. Watch, remember Moses, who 40 years ago was willing to kill to advance the cause? Watch this. Moses, 
I'm going to wipe these people out and I'm going to start over with your family. And Moses said, no, Lord, don't do it. Your reputation is going to be murdered. In fact, Lord, I'd give my life. Take my life out of the book of eternity. Take my name out of the book. Save these people. And God looks to the angel and says, see, look, 40 years ago he's willing to kill. Now he's willing to sacrifice his eternal life to save others. My ways work. So God knew, he has foreknowledge, he knew exactly how Moses was going to respond before he had that conversation. There was no element at all that God was being talked down by Moses ever. This was all a demonstration because angels can't, and you and I, can't read hearts and minds. And so God put Moses to that circumstance for the, giving Moses the opportunity to demonstrate the true nature of his heart, which was love for God and love for others. And that's what's really going on there. Can Jesus Christ be considered Lucifer, a.k.a. light bearer or conveyor, carrier of light? Even us, is Lucifer a good thing if we attach, a good thing that we attach an evil perception to? So the, the name Lucifer means light bearer. And in the New Testament, Jesus shares that name. That's exactly right. In the book of Peter, Jesus in English is referred to as the bright and morning star or the day star. The Greek translated bright morning star is phosphorus, where we get the word phosphorus, the bright burning metal. That Greek translated into the Latin Vulgate New Testament is translated Jesus is the Lucifer. Jesus is the light bearer. And it says, in fact, in um, John chapter 1, that Jesus is the light that gives light to all men. So Jesus is the ultimate light bearer, and Lucifer, the created being, was created to be a light bearer, but he corrupted himself and became a falsehood, lie, darkness bearer. So Satan today is not Lucifer. He is no longer a Lucifer. He is no longer a light bearer. But we who bear light could technically be called that, but most people, you wouldn't say that because they've associated the name Lucifer with Satan. In your opinion, can a narcissistic personality disorder be cured? No, not by external human mechanisms. Next question, can God do anything for narcissists? Yes, conversion, dying to self and being reborn with a new heart is the cure for narcissism, but not through human psychological mechanical mechanisms that require a supernatural rebirth experience to cure a narcissist. Uh, you have said that when Revelation 29 occurs, the fire from heaven passes through the saints and the city without harming them before devouring the wicked outside the gates. Can you provide a source for making such a statement? Yes, that source is a Bible commentary called The Great Controversy in page 664. And it reads like this. It says, at the end of the thousand years, after the wicked are raised, the new Jerusalem's on the earth, they're marching upon the city. At last, the order to advance is given, and the countless hosts move on. An army such as never summoned by earth's conquerors, such as the combined forces of all ages since war began on earth, could, ever, could never equal. Satan, the mightiest of warriors, leads the van. His angels unite their forces for the final struggle. Kings, warriors are in this and warriors are in this train, and the multitude that follows is vast in vast companies, each under its appointed leader, with military position the serried ranks advance over the earth's broken uneven surface to the city of God. By command of Jesus, the gates of the New Jerusalem are closed, and the army of Satan surrounds the city and makes ready for the onset. Now Christ again appears to the view of his enemies far above the city, upon a foundation of burnished gold, is thrown high and lifted up. 
Upon the throne sits the Son of God, and around him are the subjects of his kingdom. The power of majesty of Christ, no language can describe, no pen portray. The glory of eternal fathers enshrouding the Son. The brightness of his presence fills the city of God and flows out beyond the gates, flowing, flooding the whole earth with its radiance. So that's where, where I get that idea. Please share wisdom about helping people heal from perfectionism. I encourage you to go to our website and, uh, and read the blog entitled The Last Generation Theology, but I deal with the perfectionist question there. Thank you all and happy Sabbath. Bye-bye.